Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of Talking About My Generation. Ah, damn, I really should have had a joke here about uh, Hitchhiker's Guide or some sort of Hitchhiker's Guide reference. For those of you who would get it, anyway, uh, Talk About My Generation is a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. And this week, I have my co-host, Eva, again. And Eva, you have... You you have somebody special with you here that that's come along here. Uh, yes, my husband Daniel. Yes, is joining us for this episode. Hey, Dan. hello, <laughs> hello. All right, uh, Dan is here because he has a thing for this wonderful, wonderful movie that we're going to discuss. Uh, came out in nineteen ninety or nineteen seventy seven. Excuse me, same year I was born, so thirty seven, almost thirty seven years ago. Yep. Uh, this movie here had some great actors. It had Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jackie Gleason. Uh, it had Jerry Reed. But I think one of the biggest things that people remember about this movie is a 6.6 6 liter 1974 Pontiac Firebird. Yep. Absolutely. So what movie are we doing, Dan? Doing uh, Smoke and the Bandit. There of we course. go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not pin chinder here. I'm the car guy, so that's why I was brought in. I think. <laughs> yes, oh. he loves this movie. This is yeah. I mentioned hey. last night. I'm like, okay, I wanted to. You know, we're going to do the podcast on this. Can we watch the movie to you know to do it? And he like, there's no hesitation. He found it and we popped it in. <laughs> I didn't have to pull his leg. <laughs> you, had, you had to twist his arm just a little bit. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. And he was patient with me when I told him to pause it several times so I could write notes down. So, yeah. I can see why it's his favorite because this is a great movie. And I had never seen it all the way through prior to this. I'd seen, seen bits and pieces because we have it on DVD. Uh, but I had never actually sat down and watched it all the way through. And it's great. I love it. You know, I have to admit, I have never seen the entire thing through. I've always seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. So I didn't realize what, I mean, I kind of knew what the plot was. Mm -hmm. uh, and the whole reason I knew what the plot was be was because they did an episode on a TV show that I've been watching lately. Uh, Discovery Channel runs it. It's called Fast and Loud. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Know that show. You probably know exactly which episode I'm talking about then, oh, yeah. Dan. Yeah, they yeah, they built one for a guy that lives in New Orleans, and they uh, drove out to get Burt Reynolds to autograph the glove box and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that with you. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. What I was That's... surprised by was that they had the guy who played Little Enos, uh, Paul Williams, who showed up yeah. there. It was like, he's trying yep. to do the whole thing, and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was crazy. <clears throat> uh, well, to give you guys a little bit of background, a little bit of history on this film, uh this was actually originally supposed to be a low-budget B-rated flick. Uh, production cost was supposed to be about $1 million. And wow. believe it or not, Jerry Reed was supposed to play the bandit. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't until yep. Needham's friend, Burt Reynolds, read the script and said, oh, well, I'll star. And yeah. he's like, um, gee, maybe we should move this into being something a little bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they finally ended up having uh, – they, they said, you know what, we're just going to put Reed in – as snowman we'll have him run the truck and mm. that was how it was for the first two movies and then the third one they actually made jerry reed the bandit at that point i never yep. saw that i didn't even know there were more than yeah, they, the third one uh, they changed the car as well so oh i never even there's still, there still a trans am it's just a more modern one and actually at the time the director and burt reynolds were roommates oh god <laughs> interesting yeah well, a couple things with this is that the the uh, because Burt Reynolds was actually like number one box office draw at yeah. the time, uh, Universal Studios kind of said, "Well, you know what? We'll bankroll this. We'll we'll give mm -hmm. you five point three million dollars to put into it." And then two days before production, uh, the budget got trimmed down to four point three million. Ooh. Yeah, and which so is they're... still, I mean, I don't know what that equates to, and you know, from thirty-seven years ago, but that's. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting considering uh, how much money it actually earned in the theaters. Oh, the, yeah. only movie, the only movie that earned it that year was Star Wars. Yep, and that's, a, that's another classic thing about this. You look at it and you think, wow, Star Wars was such this huge summer blockbuster. Yeah. 
and everybody knows what Star Wars is, and then you have Smokey and the Bandit come along, mm-hmm. and it blows the doors off of everything else except for this classic space opera. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Testament to, A, how good the movie is, but also, you know, the actor, you know, Sally Field and Burt Reynolds being in this, too. I, I mean, she was around for a while before that, too, and pretty well known. And it was, my understanding was this was kind of out of her comfort zone, this role. Uh, other things that she had played, you know, was it like the flying nun that she was in and yep. other stuff like that. So this was kind of a departure from what she normally does. So she, t- you know, kind of took a risk, but you know, maybe I think obviously it paid off. I think that she was a contributing factor to why this oh, movie yeah. was so successful. Well, this is one of her first roles too. So, I mean, yeah. I, she'd had other things before and let, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll kind of jump into the cast a little bit here yeah. and talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, First couple people we have, we have obviously the main draw, Burt Reynolds. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays a character named Bo Darville, a.k.a. Bandit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Reynolds, if you haven't seen him, where have you been living for the past, you know, yeah, right. seven years? <laughs> okay. Uh, Burt Reynolds was in the original Longest Yard as, and the remake that they did with Adam Sandler. Oh. There were two of them. Yep. So if you haven't seen him, go watch the first one. It's just as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Reynolds was also in uh, Deliverance with Ned Beatty and uh, – oh, God. What's his name? He's married to Anne Bancroft. I can't think of his name. Deliverance, babe. Who was in Deliverance? Uh, I never Bate. saw that. Warren, Warren – oh, Annette Benning. Yeah, not not Anne Bancroft. Annette Benning, excuse me. Annette Benning. Uh-huh. Warren Beatty. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, he was also in – uh, the TV show that CBS ran for a while called Evening Shade. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember that. I vaguely do, yeah. Uh, and then he showed up, and this is this is something that blows my mind. He came back in 2005 to play Boss Hogg in the Dukes of Hazzard yep. movie. Yep. Yep. Right. He was also he was also in Gator. Oh, I've never seen that. Reynolds. Yeah, Gator. which is interesting because the director of Smokey and the Bandit directed Gator. Oh, and the idea neat. for the smoke. The idea for the Smokey and the Bandit actually came from the director while he was directing Gator. <laughs> Jesus. Is that, is that like a 1976, 75 movie? Do you know? Yeah, yeah somewhere right around there. It's, it's interesting because somebody out from California brought Coors beer to him and gave it to him, and he had it in his fridge, and somebody kept stealing the Coors beer from him, and <laughs> he didn't know why, and then come to find out it was his maid, and his maid's <laughs> like, well, you can't get Coors beer around here, so... Oh. That's why she was taking it, and <laughs> that's oh, when that God. whole that whole little seed got planted to start doing smoking the bandit. Oh, how funny! That's funny. Oh, and before I forget, there is one more role that I think he's going to be remembered for, kind of an infamous role, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was an exotic film producer for a little-known movie with Mark Wahlberg and. Um, Heather Graham. Yep. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, Dirk yep. Diggler lives on. <laughs> uh- <laughs> he was also in another famous 80s movie, which is uh, Cannonball Run. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. And I will have to cover that at some point in time because I know that Jackie Chan was in that. Uh, and yep. there were quite a few other people in that. Uh, Don I DeLuise. never saw that one either. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, some of the guys from the uh, Rat Pack. Yep. Uh, yep. Sammy Davis Jr. was in there. Yep. So we'll definitely have to cover that one because I have oh. I have a whole bunch of in- info basically upon, upon what the real Cannonball Run actually was because that movie was based upon uh, real runs. So, But yeah. we'll have to get it to actually, that for another podcast. <laughs> it actually still happens today. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. Uh so the next person we have down the list, we have Sally Field, who played Carrie, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cute. Again, Sally Field, we've seen her in so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's been in so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, she was in Gidget at the start, mm-hmm. uh, kind of one of the starts of her roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Sister Batrill in The Flying Nun. Yep. Um, Marilyn Eatonton in Steel Magnolias. Yep. Robin Williams' ex-wife in Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh-huh. Aunt May in Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, she's also been Mary Todd Lincoln in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. She was also Forrest Gump's mom in Forrest Gump. Yep. 
Yep. A lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's Sally Fields has gotten around. So, yeah. One of my favorite actresses. You know, she's just she's classic. And of course, everybody remembers her. Remembers her. You love me. You really, really love yes. me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> cute. Yeah. And, you know, I have to interject with something really quick. Like, she's a pretty woman to me. Um, you know, she's attractive and she's obviously, you know, very talented. But I was like, and I'm not gay by any means, but I was watching that last night, you know, watching the movie. And I'm like, she looks hot in this movie. <laughs> yep, I don't yep. know if I'm alone here, but I totally thought she looked hot in Smoking the Bandit. Hey, I, those tight ass pants, I got to admit. <laughs> I yeah. was looking. I don't know. <laughs> so, good 70s styling there. There you yeah. go, you know. You know, I, I was like, and I, I, it just like that was the first thing. I'm like, wow. Because again, she's not somebody that I would look at and go, oh, she's drop dead gorgeous, sexy. Yeah. But in one, she really, you know, her makeup was really understated, and she was, you know, just looked yeah. really casual, you know. But I was just like, damn, you know, it, it's the whole premise of less is more. I think. Yep. But I was like, damn, she looks hot. <laughs> yep. it's, it's interesting on that note because in the interview with Burt Reynolds and the uh, extras in the DVD. They actually talk about casting, not wanting to cast her because they didn't think she was sexy enough. Oh, really? Really? Oh, but Reynolds is like, you're out of your mind if you don't think Sally feels it's sexy. Yeah. Well, they but were they also. Were yeah, they were dating. Yeah, I was so. going to say, I wasn't sure if it was during filming or after filming that they hooked up, but I knew that it was a pretty serious relationship. It might have been during filming. Um, well, of course, yeah. we have to mention that, you know, one of the reasons that everybody thought that Burt Reynolds was hot at the time was because. He showed up in Playgirl and let it all hang out. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, one of those things about Burt Reynolds <laughs> that I didn't necessarily want to know, but yeah. unfortunately, it's you know there are things that can be seen that you know you can't be unse- <laughs> you can't unsee them. That's one of them. <laughs> wow! And this was in the seventies that he did that. Yeah. Wow! I wonder if he just needed the money. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was pretty hot commodity, so who knows. Yeah. Uh, now, Crazy. next one here that we have, this guy is kind of a favorite of mine. I, I will admit, I do not like country music at all. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. wife loves it. It kind of grates mm-hmm. on my nerves, but I listen to it and I tolerate it because I love my wife. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> this guy, however, I, I don't know what it is about his music, but I, I guess maybe because the way he tells the stories. Yeah. Jerry Reed, who played yes. Cletus Snow as AKA uh-huh. Snowman. Yeah, I liked his music, too. I was like, yeah. this is really upbeat, and I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of country either, unless you count, like, Shania Twain and Faith Hill and Carrie Underwood, you know. But, yeah, I was I really thought that it added a lot to this movie. And I was, like, tapping my feet and kind of, you know. It, oh, yeah. it just, it really brought it to life, all of, all of the songs. Well, I didn't realize this until I started looking through to see what other things Jerry Reed has done, because all that I've known him for is things like, you know, Amos Moses and Eastbound and Down, which we will play here at the end of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, that's what I knew him for. And I I heard the voice at first and I looked at him and I'm like, the guy looks really familiar. But I heard the voice and I'm like, that's Jerry Reed, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, turns out that as I started looking more and more on things that he's done, Mm -hmm. uh, he did BL Striker. Uh, he was on Mama's Family, a couple episodes of Mama's Family. Really? He also showed up on Evening Shade. Oh. Uh, but perhaps one of his best-known roles was uh, Coach Red Beaulieu, I believe is how you pronounce it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. From Adam Sandler's The Waterboy. Oh, really? Yep. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, You're just too stupid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't until it, and it wasn't until I saw that and I'm like, oh my god, that was him! Oh wow! Yep. I'll have to watch that again now. Yeah, he's like, I really like him, but it, it's one of those things. Having never seen the movie all the way through, it just it, it gave me an appreciation more for his talent. It was yeah. like, wow. It's very sad. Unfortunately, the man is no longer with us. He yeah, passed on about yeah. five years ago, six years ago. So, mm-hmm. but. Very talented. I will give him that. I mean, he had a lot of hits. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he kind of cut his teeth eastbound and down was kind of his. It, I don't want to say it was a swan song because it really wasn't a swan song. He had much more after that. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of what put him on the map, you know. Yeah. And that was probably one of his most popular songs. So mm-hmm. I will hand it to him for that. 
Mm-hmm. He great... was actually part of uh, writing all the soundtrack to Smoking the Bandit. Yeah. That's very Not cool. just that one song, but mm-hmm. yeah. Very uh, cool. Now, the next guy here, unfortunately, I did not do, I did not finish my notes too well on this guy, but I know that he's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy is a comedian from the early 60s. He absolutely hilarious. He played as Sheriff Buford T. Justice, <laughs> a.k.a. Smokey Bear. Yep. This guy's name is Jackie Gleason. Yep. Hilarious. I oh. laughed my ass off. He was the one that really, like, I mean, they all were funny in their own way, but oh my gosh. Some of it. I mean, just. Every, you some bitch, yeah. Every, every scene, I yeah. just cracked up. Uh, great. Just, I mean, some of the some of the greatest lines came from him in the movie. Oh, oh, oh totally. yeah, totally. And what I loved about it was that they let him ad lib so much oh, of that. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. They oh. were just they were kind of like just go with it, you know. And some of the lines that he was screaming out there, just oh man, I busted a gut watching. That. <laughs> I did yeah. too. Well, he did a lot of variety shows too back in the sixties, and you know that was big and and on TV, laughing and all that kind of stuff. He was involved in a lot of that kind of stuff, and a lot of that's ad lib. It's like the predecessors of Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's gonna bug me now because I want to say, and please, if if I'm wrong, please tell me. I want to say he was on the Honeymooners with Art Carney, but I could be wrong. I'm gonna look it up here right now and see. You know, that kind of does sound familiar, but he's done so much stuff. It would not surprise me. Yeah, let me uh, see I here. Think that's Jackie, <laughs> ah, come on. <laughs> Jackie Gleason. Um, let me see. I didn't know that he ad-libbed a lot of the movie. That's really cool. He did an excellent job. I wonder if the diner scene was ad-libbed. That was my absolute favorite. <laughs> oh, God, that was so funny. The Diablo sandwich <laughs> line? Or... Yeah. Yep. Sorry, guys. My dog decided to go off. <laughs> Uh, let me you see. Be part of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking the Bandit Two. Uh, yeah. He okay. He was the honeymooner. He wasn't the honeymooners. He was Ralph Cramden. I'll be darned. To the moon. Good job. Yes. To the moon, yeah. Alice. Yeah. To the moon. <laughs> Very yep. cool. Uh, let's see. So let me jump back into my notes here. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Next one here. This guy here. I I loved his character in this movie because he was just kind of this goofy stupid character uh-huh. uh, mike henry who played as junior justice yeah yep. uh i didn't realize this but he apparently was like tarzan of the 60s he did a lot oh. of tarzan movies oh uh he also starred in the Yo- longest yard with burt reynolds back in 1974 playing a guy named rasmussen oh wow and uh-huh. he showed up with charlton heston in soylent green oh wow so, Come to think of it, I'm just picturing him in my mind now, and I could see him playing Tarzan. He's got that kind of look to him. Yeah, you know, yeah. Neanderthal. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He totally has that that look about him. Oh God, he was so stupid in this movie. I loved it. Yep. It was awesome. Uh, now, getting on to the next two characters, I'm going to kind of bring them together because you didn't see them separate from each other in the, yeah. in the film. Uh, Pat McCormick and Paul Williams, who played as Big and Little Enos Burdett. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Paul was kind of seen around. He had a couple of shows earlier in his career. Uh, he, he was seen on Red Skelton Hour. He was seen on Sanford and Son, Get Smart, mm-hmm. Laverne and Shirley, History mm-hmm. of the World Part 1, Scrooged. Uh, he was the ghost of Christmas past on TV. Uh, so wow. when they were doing the whole TV episode there, when you were actually watching him trying to film this nice thing with Buddy Hackett, uh, uh-huh. He was the ghost of Christmas past on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul Williams, who was little Enos Burdett, uh, Paul's been around as well. He's kind of made his rounds. Uh, yeah. He originally was seen in the Muppet movie as El Slizo Pianist. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Warhol PR. He was the uh, PR guy for Andy Warhol in uh, The Doors with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the voice of Garen in Pirates of Dark Water. Uh-huh. Uh, he also did the voice of Penguin and Oswald Cobblepot in Batman the Animated Series, and he was showing up on Bold and the Beautiful as Bailey Masterson. 
I'll be darned. I have to interject with something silly too. Okay. okay. My, all my girls are fans of Yo Gabba Gabba. Okay. I admit too, I'm a fan too. So yeah. You got a thing for um, that big red penis looking thing, don't you? <laughs> I know you. <laughs> it's got bumps on it. Exactly. You know, it looks like a goddamn vibrator. What can it I say? Does. Oh my goodness. And then there's a, uh, I, there's the one that always cries is a smooth vibrator. Yeah, or oh. a tampon. Yeah, Google. But <laughs> well. anyway, I'm I'm a Yo Gabba fan, and he actually Paul Williams actually showed up on an episode of Yo Gabba Gabba, and he sang his song Rainbow Connection, and that and that was like it was so cool. You know, everyone was fawning over him, and he seemed like a really cool guy interacting with the characters. And I I didn't realize watching him that I'm like this guy is like a freaking legend, and I didn't even really know who he was. But oh, yeah. I was like, oh wow, I, I I like this song. I like him. How cool. And then when I got you know researched him more i'm like oh wow okay i feel like a dumbass you know I've, this guy's been around you know? yeah you, you don't <laughs> but, realize how much he's done until you start looking at imdb <laughs> yeah exactly you know yeah. i just yeah. i was thinking about it. i was like oh wow and then like now i think they uh, my girl saw him in an interview or something not too long ago like on entertainment tonight or something like oh there's the guy from yo gabba gabba rainbow connection <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool it's like yep you're right so it, I, I as much as you know i will i like like the golden girls i have to admit i'm a yo gabba gabba fan and i like it because it does bring on you know the new talent and like older talent from yesteryear you know right. and kind of puts them back you know like biz Marquee, you know and all these other people that come on and they kind of give them their little moment in the sun and i thought that was kind of neat that they brought him on and he sang his rainbow connection so yeah. that's my little interjection and when i saw him you know last night in smoking the bandit i immediately aside from his size you know i immediately knew who it was i'm like oh my god that's paul william yep. Just, <laughs> yep. so it was it was kind of cool all right, so here we go. We're going to go ahead, and I'm going to let you do the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. So pick out any actor from the movie. All right, Mike Henry. Mike Henry. Okay. You really want me to do Mike Henry? Not really. I actually originally put down Paul Williams, but then I crossed it off because I thought, now I realize, after watching Gabba Gabba and feeling like a dumbass, now I realize how much he's done. Um, well, tell you what. Tell you what, I'll do Paul Williams for you first. Okay? Oh, I'll first. do Paul Williams for you first. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to make it really easy. See, mm -hmm. because Paul Williams was in The Doors with Val Kilmer. Yeah. Val Kilmer was with Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Tom Cruise mm -hmm. was with Kevin Bacon in A Few Good Men. There you go. Okay. You always go back to A, good, a Few Good Men. That's hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. Because there's so many big name actors in that movie. Yep. But yeah, it's. Okay, that was now, that was way too simple. Now, if you want me to do Mike Henry, I'll do Mike Henry as well. Okay. Okay. Now, I am not going to use Smokey and the Bandit to do this. Okay. I will use Smokey and the Bandit 2. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> to go to Sally Field oh, in Smokey and okay. the Bandit 2 and Sally Field to uh, Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump and Tom Hanks to Kevin Bacon in Apollo 13. There you go. See, so Sally Field was she in all three Smokies? Yes, she was. Was she really? Yes, but they didn't was. have Bert. They didn't have Bert in the third one. Uh, no. no. I'll be nope. darned. Interesting. Okay, you did it. You so, got me. I got you. <laughs> originally, I was gonna do like a, a, another character, like that wasn't very big, like a gas station attendant or like an, a waitress. And then I thought that might be a little too difficult for you. So I, I thought I'd spare you that, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Maybe I will try harder to stump you next week and pick somebody kind of. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to have to do that. All right. So Dan, I'm going to let you see, <clears throat> since I know you love this movie, yeah. I'm going to let you take over a little bit here, and I I'm going to let you talk about the plot of the film here, if you would. Okay, well, it's uh, in, in, in essence, it's a very simple plot. It's all about a bet, and uh, the bet is to make one run from Texarkana to Georgia and to bootleg Coors Beer to Georgia for a couple rich cats, being a little yes. Um, <clears throat> it's... Uh, I think it's really more or less a movie about just fun. Yeah. Uh, everybody's had road trip fun before. Everybody's gone out. Let's go to Vegas. Go do that. Something like that. Same kind of thing. Uh, the 70s was all about car chases and whatnot. 
Yep. Um, so it kind of fit in line with that. There's really not, it's not a complicated plot. There's a little sub stuff, you know, yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds character fall in love and that, that kind of stuff. But well, you know, it's, it, not, now it's I, not very extensive. Yeah. Now I do want to mention the whole reason why they were doing this bootlegging run of Coors from Texarkana to Georgia. Uh, at that time when the movie was being filmed, it was actually illegal to sell Coors west of the or east of the Mississippi. Oh wow! Why? I I'm not sure. Something about Just... uh, oh. there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff in our country. To be honest with you, so just yeah. Coors beer though, not Budweiser or any other beer, or just. Just that one. It was that I'm one particular of... one. I mean, like if, I'll be darned. And there's there's a lot of weird alcohol um, permits yeah. that you have to have. Like, yeah. For example, if I wanted to go out and buy uh, moonshine, mm-hmm. there's moonshine out there that you can buy on the East Coast, you know, or you know, down in Kentucky and Virginia and whatnot that sells at 140 proof. Right. Oh. Here in California, where I'm at, the highest I can get is 100 proof. Yeah. You right. Know, so. It's the way that it's the way that the laws read. They say no more than that because they're afraid that too many people will go out and get completely blisteringly drunk. Yeah, you know. And- Another weird kind of- one is the, the county where Jack Daniels is brewed in is a dry county. Yeah, you can't even buy. Jack <laughs> what the that. hell? Yeah, they can bottle <laughs> it. Yep. Yeah, that's it's a little weird. Absolutely crazy. So, uh, but yeah, they they basically when they went through here, they offered. Uh, one of the things I, I love about this is they tell them, oh, well, we'll give you $80,000, basically the equivalent yeah. of a new truck. Yeah, right. And I, I love when he's sitting there and they're counting off the money and he goes, you know, he goes, well, I'm going to need a little of the money to, to get me a car. And he's like. Speedier car. Yeah, <laughs> speed car. Speedier than Speedier that. Speedier car. <laughs> now, it's just a, a slight, um, I don't know how to put it. Uh, the car that is portrayed in this is the – it's the actual 77 Trans Am. It was the new car for that year, and it actually became an advertisement piece with Burt Reynolds. Yes. Uh, so if you follow uh, the Trans Am in that time frame, you'll see Pontiac using Burt Reynolds standing next to a Trans Am selling that car. Yep. Um, it actually – the movie increased car sales by 700% for the Trans Am. Yeah. It, Holy it's crap. Pontiac has had, I, I don't know what, you know, unfortunately Pontiac has since folded due to some very bad management by General Motors. Yeah. Yep. But they had the iconic cars. I mean, when you look at, here was the Smokey and the Bandit car with what I, what I lovingly call the screaming chicken on the hood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. uh, that was an iconic car. Everybody who saw that car knew what that was. Everybody yep. who watched Knight Rider. Wanted a black Trans Am from a Knight Rider. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And actually, the third Snooky the Bandit uses the same model Trans Am as a Knight Rider in it. Oh, really? See? It, cool. It's just one of those things, and it's like, oh, my God, you know. But for some reason, and Pontiac I, failed. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, it's all – I'm sure it's pol- politics. Uh, oh, I remember yeah. seeing some stuff with GM and the – talking because they got rid of Oldsmobile as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, they didn't get rid of GMC pickups, which are basically Chevys. Yeah. It's you change the front, change logo. There you go. Mm-hmm. My but they said that there's because they're GMCs, they fetch a premium price over the Chevy, which is odd. So I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And you will look, my dad actually had, an, uh, I want to say it was a 91 or 94, he had a uh, Chevy pickup truck, and mm-hmm. he bought the Chevy version of it versus buying the GMC version because the only differences between the Chevy and the GMC version was the front grill. Yeah. That yeah. was it, but that front grill cost an extra $2,000. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. I'm sorry. No, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, same right? engine package, yep. same frame, same colors. Mm-hmm. Everything except for the front grill. Yeah. Yep. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and to be honest with you, if you look at a Trans Am, a Trans Am is really a Camaro. Yeah, just with a different front end. <laughs> different front end. It has the same T-tops. A lot of the fenders will bolt yeah. on. It's pretty much the same car. Yeah. Oh, how 
Yeah. Uh, you know, another another good example of that. If you look at the old Firebird and like the '68, '69 Firebird and uh, the Camaro, same thing. Even going back yep. then, because I mean, the body styles have been the same for the most part. There's still that I want to say, what is it, F body? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. For this movie, for me being a car guy, it's I've always liked '70s cars, and uh, you see a great representation of '70s cars being is from '77, the movie. Oh um, yeah. But every now and again, uh, on the different forums that I'm on and, and different car building stuff that I I like to do, I've actually ran across people restoring vehicles from this movie that were actually in the movie. Oh yeah. Which surprises me. So. Yeah, and I know that uh, year one, what was it? Uh, back in two thousand seven, I think it was. Yes. They came out with like a thirtieth anniversary thing, and, and they have this yep. whole package that you can basically buy the entire car and yes. put it together as like a, a kit car. Yep, you can get it turnkey too. Yeah, which means you can buy it ready to go. But yeah, I mean, just absolutely. Oh. I, you know, it, it's I, I wouldn't mind having one, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I don't know that I'd want to have some of the smog stuff that they had back in the 70s. Uh, I mean, a lot of the solenoids had major issues. Electrical harnesses were just nightmares once they hit about 72, 73. Yeah. And just absolutely, absolutely awful. But the nice thing about... Uh the car hobby nowadays is people are recognizing the value in these particular cars. Year one being one of the companies that has, yeah, um, and they've developed fixes for all that. So that turnkey vehicle that they have is essentially a 2007 Corvette underneath it yeah. with a smog legal engine in it. And uh, even in California right now, if you wanted to rebuild one of those, there's Chevrolet offers engine packages that you can, drop right into it and pass yep. emissions with a modern engine. Yeah. Um, the, and you have to do, I mean, you have to do a little bit of, of, um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what it is yet because it's a kit car. Essentially there are some differences that you have to go yeah. through and you have to get it. Like when you go to yep. get it smog, you actually have to go to a referee who checks it off and says, yes, this will meet all the smog certifications. And then it's smog legal. Yep. Uh, you know, California, God, I hate California for some of this stuff. Uh, California, for those of you who don't know, has this wonderful thing called CARB. Uh, CARB is the California Air Resource Board, and they are basically the assholes of the the United States as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Yes. Anytime that you want to put a mod on, California requires that you have this thing be 50 state legal. Uh, You want to buy a catalytic converter. I can go and buy a catalytic converter for damn near any car out there on the internet, and it's 49 state legal. Okay? This means I can use it anywhere except in California. Oh, Jesus. And they will actually say that they cannot ship it to California, even though it's probably the yep. same damn part as oh. what would be in any other car out there. But because it doesn't carry this special little tag on it that says it's carb legal, you can't put it on the car. I just have a carb certification number. Yeah. Oh, how long has this been going on? Oh, years. Uh, Forever. Oh, really? So it's, oh, I, I, God, I hate carb. It's, it's, it's actually worse than that. Um, It's not just with parts, but say, for example, this is Dodge has got a, High output Cummings diesel. Yep. They'll sell it in all the other 49 states with the exception of California. So you can't buy certain models from certain manufacturers because California won't let it in. Yeah. And that's Jeez. another thing is that if if you were to go to another state, like I, I looked when I was going to buy my wife her car, I looked at possibly buying the car in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad I didn't because the cars that they sell there – are not 50 state legal. Oh. And if I had back. bought it there, it would have been a pain in the ass to try and get it back to California. It's actually, um, they've changed some of that recently because I bought a 95 Tahoe in Virginia. And uh, not too long ago, California got sued because they were 
making everybody outfit all their stuff with the carb appliance stuff when they brought a car in the state. And yeah. it was found by federal court to be unjust and illegal. So now in California, if you have a vehicle that's not from California, you bring it in, um, they basically have two different smogs. So, um, for example, my 95 had none of the carb stuff on it, uh, but they still smogged it and registered it based on the federal emissions standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's such a racket. I mean, this is another reason why I'm really starting to hate California, but, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we got great weather. Yeah, right. still sucks, exactly. but we got great weather. That's not three degrees out there right now. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, you know, you guys have three degrees out there. It's supposed to actually be 81 on Wednesday. Nice. <laughs> Don't know if you really wanted to know that. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so, yeah, we basically, we I think we've pretty much covered the plot on this here. Uh one of the big things that kind of didn't get mentioned here with it that was I, I kind of wondered at the very beginning why Sally Field was being chased by uh, by Sheriff Justice. Yeah, it was kind of not really. I mean, you kind of well, heard it. They they didn't address it. She ran from the wedding. He paid right. for. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't really addressed to Smokey what was going on, or to the bandit what was really happening. Well, yes. and she knew why she was being chased, but there's that whole thing of why, you know, why is, you know, why would, a, you know, a, a Smokey from, from, what was it, uh, Georgia be after you here in Arkansas? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So really? She kind of played it off and didn't really. And it's, it's not so like the last scene that it's even slightly mentioned when Sally Fields' character says goodbye to Junior, no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, yeah, that was something I kind of wondered, too. Like, obviously, she's escaped the wedding. You know, the sheriff is pissed. You know, the you know, groom-to-be doesn't understand. You know, he's, a, he's a dumbass. You know, but, yeah, exactly <laughs> why they chased her was kind of weird. It was, like, really? Through multiple states? Really? Well, it's, it, they, they, Jackie Gleason's character, he, he addressed it in the car, talking about uh, dishonoring him and about, uh, son and all that kind of crud yeah and that that line in the movie when they first gets after he c- catches the kids trying to uh break into the car mm-hmm. and that was pretty classic too because he oh, starts going off yeah. on them about all the things they he doesn't want to see them do in his great state <laughs> exactly right. you're oh. looking a little tired go ahead and take a rest yeah <laughs> the hands in the car yeah. <laughs> I love how like every scene he's like, "Do you know who I am?" You know, and he kept like talking about you know who he was and how great he was, and you know telling his name to everybody, and just so obnoxious, you know, such a douche to his son, you know, and it just he pulled it off so well. I didn't know that he ad libbed a lot of that, but oh, it, yeah. it just came off seamlessly. It came off great, and he was just hilarious. I I'd say I laughed my ass off on pretty much all of his lines it just <laughs> he was the yeah. one that kind of, and you know burt reynolds was funny too um but yeah it just it was him that really livened it up i think i think i wrote down several quotes and i'm looking at my my notes now and like all the quotes are from him because <laughs> he's got some pretty memorable quotes in this oh yeah uh, but yeah i this was a really cute movie and it wasn't like yeah there was really not a very heavy plot it wasn't you know, I could see, and I think a lot of it is because I knew that Bert and Sally were together at the time, but I could totally see the chemistry between the two of them, which I look for when I, you know, watch movies. Um, you know, I, I liked that. Um, they seemed very comfortable, and it, it was it came across. Um, and I like this movie also because Bert broke the fourth wall. A couple times, really, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. really cool, and I didn't know that that had even happened in movies back then so it was i was kind of surprised to see that i was like oh oh cool <laughs> Alrighty then um so i did like that and just it was just an all you know feel good movie all around feel good movie yeah, I, i'm trying to think of some of the quotes here and I'm, I'm looking through oh, imdb because there's so many of them that were so just many. great um, you know one of the things that surprises me about this movie is the fact that it's pg yes yes I thought so too. Well, I thought I was thinking PG thirteen, maybe. I, I, yeah, I was shocked. Well, I have a little bit of trivia about that. They actually okay. were going to make this movie rated R. Oh, 
Oh. Uh, and it was because of one scene yes. where he, he tells him, and, and they bleep it out in a very good manner as far That's as I'm awesome. concerned. He's going to say – he's going to tell the other cop, fuck off, because the cop had a really bad language. And he's yeah. going to drop the F-bomb, and they bleep it out with the horn of the truck. Oh, I laughed my ass off. That was perfect. Oh, it was so funny. So they were just that one scene they were going to make it an R. Yeah, because of because in wow. the 70s, they first off in the 70s, they didn't have PG-13 movies. No. Okay, no, it, was it wasn't until like the mid-80s that they actually started getting PG-13. That's true. That's true. They so, just had like what R and G basically, probably uh, just G, PG and R. And then oh. they had X rating as well. Yeah. Oh uh, wow. You know, and X was X was given to any you know, any porn movie that was also given to any movie that that showed uh, excessive violence. Mm. Uh, so if you ever saw uh, there was a movie that came out and they actually ran it on PBS uh, mm-hmm. when it first came out. It was a miniseries called Caligula. Yeah. And Caligula. Oh, wow. Uh, lots, of sex. It, lots of sex. They had Roman orgies going on. They had guys being strung up with their hands tucked above their head and the guys are poking them in the stomach. They they force fed them wine and they're stabbing them in the stomach to pour blood uh, pour the wine out of their stomach. Oh my lord! All this is being yes. shown on TV, you know, and uh, PBS at that. So, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, huh. So those those are some of the rating some of the X ratings that you would have seen. And, and the seventies obviously was very popular for X ratings because that was when they first started having things like, uh, you know, Linda Lovelace's movies. Uh, started seeing a lot more of the sex coming out, you know, mm-hmm. yep. in that era. So. Movie Deep Throat. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I'm just looking at a quote right now. I, my favorite scene. I I had Daniel rewind it two or three times because I had to, I was cracking up the entire time when they're in the uh, when um, the choke and puke is that at the diner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds is already in there eating, and the sheriff's just like like just hauls ass like the wind inside the restaurant. She barks out his order. What was it again? Said I need a Diablo sandwich and a Dr. Make, Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a goddamn hurry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he like just says that line and then just like turns around and makes a beeline out. And it was just so. Well, his beeline out, he was asking Junior if he wanted something. And you were laughing because you didn't hear that. He was like, oh, Junior, yeah. do you want something? Hush Puppy's like, daddy. Want... Well, Hush Puppy's daddy. Because we ain't got time for that crap. <laughs> I don't think I even paid attention to that because I was laughing so hard when he came oh. in. I just, oh my god! Now, see, one of my up. favorites is oh. he says to his son, he, he says to Junior, he goes, "There is no way, no way that you came from my loins." As soon as I get home, yeah. first thing I'm going to do is punch your mama in the mouth. Yes, I wrote that <laughs> down too. That was a yep. great line. Oh, laughed so hard. Oh. I felt so bad for the son, but he was such a dumbass. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. God, no wonder. I love how he kept holding the sheriff's hat throughout the entire freaking movie. It was oh. just like they're getting out of the car and he's still holding his hat down. I'm just like, oh God. Well, and then he tells him to put the evidence in the car when the door got put knocked the off. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> but Daddy, put the evidence in the car. And he's like holding it. I'm just like, oh God, yep. really? Oh. And he's sitting God. there in the front seat with the big door across it. Then he yeah, goes, right? put it in the back seat. <laughs> I just, oh god, it, he was just so hilarious. And then I think after he uh, uh, ate in in the diner and he goes to the bathroom, he says, "Gotta take a squirt." I laughed at that too because I hadn't heard that. There's a restroom. I gotta take a squirt. Yep. And he walks out with the toilet paper stringing all the way across the. And the, the, the waitress comes chasing him out. out. <laughs> <laughs> God, that entire scene, I was just laughing my ass off. So it's a great example of comedic timing. Yes. Yes. Oh. The way he's eating the sandwich and making a mess of himself. And uh-huh. Yeah. Reynolds just calmly sitting there, like, helping him out, trying to wipe his tie off and <laughs> paying for his lunch. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, just, just like being all... Oh, it was... The whole time, Burt Reynolds knows who exactly who this is. It's yeah. Like, this guy is chasing me. Yeah, and he had almost like a half little like grin on his face throughout the entire scene. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Well, most of the movie he had that shitty grin on his face, but that was what oh, made him so endearing. But just yeah, in that particular scene, he's just kind of like ah, uh huh, you know, kind of feeding into it, knowing full well. I thought it was so brilliant, so yeah. funny. 
Uh, uh, no, I come, love that fuck off part with the horn. Oh, oh. That was that was classic. <laughs> that was just I was yes. dying. <laughs> and he's telling the guy, "Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. My, I yeah. got my son here in front of you." <laughs> yeah, and then he. was <laughs> great. Yep. Uh, I liked how uh, uh, the bandit uh, called the sheriff out for cussing on the CB radio. That was pretty funny yes. too. I thought. Yeah. Don't you be cussing on this here's the radio. Well, and back at the time too, that the big thing was that uh they actually had CB radios were a very big thing in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, was telling me, yeah. Everybody was getting I, them. Yeah. I actually have a CB dictionary. That'd be kind of cool to Yeah, yeah I have to bring. There's a lot of stuff. And 200 well, yeah, ten codes are one thing, but they have other terms like you know other things in there like the choke and puke, lot lizard, for example, is one yep. which I'm not going to say what that is. Rolling so, double uh, nickels. Yep. You know, so, so it's not a small. I mean, it's a pretty substantial dictionary for something that's just for the CB radio. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of lingo in there that they used in this movie that I was kind of surprised that got by some of the censors, to be honest. Yeah, uh, like when he's uh, talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. I was gonna say when when he's talking about driving in, and Sally Fields is going, oh, you know, what is the appeal of driving them big rigs? And he says, yeah. well, you sit up high, you get to look down on all them beavers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just kind of like, wow, wow, I know what that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, it's. I, yeah, I don't know how much you know the censors then really knew. Yeah, I mean, there's some of the terminology they were using where it was CB dictionary terminology. I don't really know the history of the term beaver and where it really comes from. I know yep. that uh, it's in a popular magazine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Several popular magazines. <laughs> I don't know if the censors at that time knew what that meant, but yeah, yeah. But there were there were so many great things about this film. Uh, uh, oh, this is something I found out for trivia. Uh, you may know this, Dan. Uh, Hal Needham, he asked Jerry Reed to write the theme song for the film. Mm-hmm. And a couple of hours later, Reed comes out and he sits down with his acoustic guitar. And he starts playing Eastbound and Down for Hal Needham. And yep. Hal Needham immediately goes, wait, stop, 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 stop. And Jerry Reed's like. Oh man, you don't like it. And he goes, No, 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 no. If you change one note, I'll kill you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, yep. So it's like the perfect song for that movie too. Yeah. It was You know, I mean I have some I have some car trivia for it. Uh go right ahead. So Pontiac gave up five cars for this movie. They gave three Trans Ams and two Bonnevilles. The Bonnevilles were the sheriff's car. Uh, <clears throat> out of the Three Trans Ams, there's not a single survivor from the movie. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very the one that uh, jumped over the bridge and did the landing was destroyed in that one take. Mm-hmm. They trashed and, that poor car. Uh, oh, that was... <laughs> and an interesting note is they actually repowered that car to make that jump. Yeah, they, they repowered they put it. a uh, Chevy, like a Corvette engine into it? That's correct. They put a Chevrolet engine in it to be able to make that jump. Wow. Yeah, that was badass. I wonder how what the distance was on that jump. I asked Dan that last night, uh, how far he it actually jumped. That'd be cool to know. You know, I used I to know that. I want to say it was like 40 feet or something like that. Oh, damn. That was a pretty badass. So even in that, just that first scene, that was the, all they could get out of it was just that one scene, and it got total. Yep. And then wow. I used it for parts for the rest of the time. And then the last trivia for automobiles is actually the big rig. They only used one truck in the whole movie. Really? That Kenworth yeah. truck. Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous truck. Mm-hmm. And it did survive the movie, although nobody knows really where it is. Huh. Well, didn't they get the truck? Didn't they get that same truck for the Fast and Loud episode? Or was it just very similar? <laughs> that that was a replica. Okay. There, there are several replicas of it. The actual truck, nobody knows where it is. Okay. Hmm. A uh, couple of other things I do want to bring up, just little tidbit trivia that I found out. Uh, Pat McCormick, the guy who played Big Anus Burdett, 
he was actually only 13 years older than Paul Williams. Oh, uh-huh. so, you know, they're sitting here and playing this, you know, father yeah. and son. Yeah, that was knowing that that's kind of creepy thinking, OK, he could have actually had him at 13. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, that happens a lot in movies, though. Like, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm right off the top of my head. I'm thinking, isn't there a movie with Angelina Jolie and uh, uh, it was like a like Alexander or something like that, where she played his mother and like he they were the same age. Yeah. What movie am I thinking of? Probably Alexander. I'm thinking, I don't know, I never saw it, but I remember reading about it, and I forgot what the other, Colin Farrell. Yeah, they, they were also, this is kind of trivia on them, they were also both on Celebrity Square, and that's how Burt Reynolds oh, got. Oh, yeah. That's right. As big and little elitist. They oh, saw them together at a snack table, and he's like, just thought it was so funny seeing them side by side. With that. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, Burt Reynolds was also the one that picked out the dog, Fred. Yes. Yes. That was a great dog. You, you oh, know what you so know how cute. he picked out the dog, right? Um I do, yes. Go ahead, they, Dan. They held a uh, uh they put out an ad in the paper that Burt Reynolds was gonna do- judge a dog show and the winner of the dog show was gonna be the uh actor in the show. That's and he cool. uh, put his hand over the dog and the dog reacted to him. He's like, that's your dog. Yep. And one of the reasons that he picked that dog was because it didn't listen to anything that they said. Yep. The dog just kind of sat there and was howling. Oh, you know. he was so cute. I love the scene where he couldn't get, get the dog back in the truck. Yes. And he went into, he was just gonna get cooling off in the water, taking a little swim, just ignored Jerry Reed's character. Just, yep. you know, I'm going to do my own thing. That poor dog being cooped up in that truck for all those hours, you know, I was like, Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> and it was funny how he tried to, yeah, yeah, it was funny how he was trying to get the dog back in the truck too. It was just every character just, they, were just so animated and just so funny it just you know even sally field i you know yeah. her humor was under, you know understated but it was there you know she had some funny one-liners like her like her smoking yeah yes. the smoking was hilarious oh my <laughs> but God. i enjoy it so much because <laughs> i enjoy it so much <laughs> it just yeah she had some funny one-liners too but everyone brought their own little bit of humor to it and i was telling daniel that the phrase that popped into my head after watching it was it was it was all done very tongue-in-cheek very much so. Yeah, and I love that. I it just I could see why it's still such a popular movie. I, I can see why it grows so much in the box office and why it continues to be. I mean, it's a freaking classic. And I, again, like with other movies, I don't understand why I did not see this all the way through. Um, but yeah, it just everybody brought something very funny, and it just it worked very well. Yeah. Uh- I, I do want to bring up something that we probably should have covered in the plot, and oh. it's just because I, I laughed so damn hard at this at the very end. Uh-huh. Buford's car. Sheriff oh. Justice's car. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, that wasn't his car. That was evidence. That was True. evidence. God, that part, like, from scene to scene, just got so, like... It uh, was like watching, you know, I, I was having flashbacks of planes, trains, and automobiles as I'm watching yeah, this. Yes. Shears off the roof, you know, busts up the car, slices down the side, gets the door knocked off. Oh, I'm just God. like, this thing is a piece of shit rolling down the road. Oh, totally. And I just, uh, as a sheriff, he should have known better. And it's oh. like he was so determined to get Sally Field. I'm just like. Give it up already. And I love how he was, you know, Burt Reynolds was so, like, popular and well-known on the in the CB world that everyone was, like, willing to right. help him out. Right. Oh, yeah. I love that from every state he's going into. Yeah, we'll help you out. We'll barricade, you know. And it just was like, wow, I guess it's really – that was when Daniel explained to me that CBs were just really the thing back yeah. at that time. Well, they were the cell phone. Yeah, yeah they were the cell phone. I just – I was like amazed. I'm like, how do they know where to find him on the CB radio? How do they know, you know, how are these people just like from different states banding together to help him out? You know, it just was well, like, wow. Part of that has to do with how CBs work. I mean, you've got, you basically have open channel that you can run anywhere. I mean, I actually had a CB radio in my truck when I was driving around in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad had put it in and there were times that I just go out there and sit out there in the parking lot, turn on the CB radio and listen to whoever was talking. 
mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Uh, and it was it was actually so popular that Gerald Ford's wife, Betty Ford, uh, was yep. actually very well known to be on the radio. So you had to kind of watch what you said on a CB radio. Oh, because uh-huh. it might get back to her. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. That one element of it that kind of creeps me out is that it's it's not private. It's completely public to everybody right. who happens to be on. And I just was like, oh wow, I don't, you know. It's it's cool because that's how you get to know people and kind of circulate. But it just is, you know, having never been around CD radios, I was just like, wow, how did well, they? Well, it's not that you've never been around one. You just no. don't realize you have been. Yeah. True. Because my 74 Blazer has always had a CBN. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I've never used one. I've Yeah. I don't have a handle. So, yeah. Well, you might have to come up with a handle for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the handle that he came up with for uh, – for Carrie Frog. That was cute. And what was yeah. his explanation for it? I wrote it down. It was so because, cute. Because uh, uh, you jump around a lot. Up and around. You're kind of cute, and I'd like to jump you. I love that. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> it was great. Uh, oh, I, 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 go ahead. It's also surprising how they always knew where they were going. Yes, yeah. that's another thing we wrote down. It's like, how did they know where they were going as they're driving through all the, you know, it's like they didn't make it. Well, they made a couple of wrong turns, I think. Yeah. Well, how do you know jumping through the football field is going to get right. you yeah. right behind Jerry Reed's character on the highway? Exactly. <laughs> I, we were watching that. We're going, hmm, this is a little far-fetched. Plot holes, you know. A little yeah. bit of plot holes, but it was so <laughs> enjoyable. It was just like, I just attributed it to, obviously, he's used to making these kinds of runs, so he knows his way around the different states. That's kind of how I... Yeah, probably. You know, resigned it in my mind, like, okay, well, he's obviously known for doing this, so he knows his way around. Well, it's also helpful when you film the entire movie in Georgia. True that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if you noticed, and this was something that I <clears throat> kind of saw and I, I picked up on this. You never actually see Burt Reynolds driving the truck. No. No. He, he pulls up to the front of Snowman's house. Uh-huh. But you never see him driving the truck. You no. just assume nope. that he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. He's always driving. He's always driving the the Trans Am. So yeah, that and Daniel pointed out too um, that the T tops were never. You never see him messing with the T tops, but yet in some scenes it's they're open, right? Yep. Well, some scenes they're on, and some scenes they're off. Yeah, but you never see him messing with them. So it's kind of yeah, like, oh, okay. For anybody out there who's ever messed with a T-top, they're not that quick and easy to put on and off that you're not going to be seen doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we thought that was interesting. And also, like, little observations. I don't know if this is, like, the first time you, um, Daniel noticed these, but, like, he was pointing them out to me and I was writing them down. Uh, at the very beginning, when before they leave and they're, you know, putting the beer into the truck, they mm-hmm. never latched the trailer door once the beer was in it. Yeah, they did. Well, he latched he latched one side of the door, and the right side of the right side door didn't get latched in. When he was right. starting to write a note, and then he just threw that in the air and just got in the truck and never latched it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, look at that. So, and I I pay attention to things like that too. I was telling Daniel, I'm like, even from movies and things that I've seen over and over and over again. Now that I'm watching them more intently for the podcast, I'm noticing things I didn't notice before. You know, even having watched a movie 50 times, you know, it's oh, yeah. kind of neat how you can catch little things like that. So, yeah, I'm trying the to the dugout. The yeah. dugout. Yes. What was the dugout? When he was driving at the dugout and you're looking at the through the windshield of the car as he's driving at the dugout you can tell the back wall at dugout is made out of cinder blocks but when they bust through the other side it's plank board yeah yeah which i didn't notice it until he had to rewind it and show me and then i was like oh okay but so i could see how it could get past people you know if you're not looking for it but yeah once he showed me i was like i'll be darned yep so, well, mm-hmm. I think that's going to about wrap it up here because I'm out of trivia. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys have anything more. Um. Okay. What was the thing that you said about the Dukes of Hazard guy? Oh, the motorcycle officer that pulls the Richard Reed's character over, or Jerry Reed's character over, is uh They don't 
put his name in the credits, but I'm pretty sure if you take a close look that that is Deputy Edis from the Dukes of Hazard TV show. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm, I would not be surprised was, at all. Yeah. He he mentioned that, and he's pretty good. You know, he's not necessarily good with actors' names, but he recognizes faces, and he's pretty darn good at it. And Dukes of Hazard, I think, was one of your favorite shows from that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when he mentioned that, I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And then I, just to kind of, like, recap, they had to do all of this race in, what was it, 28 hours? Yep. Right now, I'm looking, and I wrote down all the states that they went through. Okay. They went through, what is it, five states? Georgia, Texas, Missouri, or Mississippi, uh, Alabama, and Arkansas, right? That's uh, what, five, five states? Am I so. right? Can yeah. you drive through five states in 28? I mean, realistically, can yes. you do that? Yes. yes, but it wasn't that they drove through five states. They went from Georgia to Texas and back in 28 hours. And that's possible. Yes. Uh, oh. I have – God, I'm trying to find it here. I had some information on how they did this. Yeah, I was curious what route they took. If it, I mean, if this is really possible, I questioned that. I'm like, can you really go through all that? It's actually more possible now than it was then. Yes. Well, a couple of, couple of things with this is that – they claimed that they were uh, they were running it from Texarkana, Texas, to the Southern Classic in Georgia. Uh, they were going to do it in 28 hours, driving a yeah. total of supposedly 1,800 miles round Holy. trip. Okay, that's yeah. supposedly what it was for an average of 65 miles an hour, including all stops. Mm-hmm. However, there was sev- there was a lot of artistic liberty that was given up for this because the trip uh. is only actually. 1260 miles round trip and Texarkana, Texas is located in a dry county. So oh, no oh. coors, no beverages, any kind would have been sold there. Yeah. Right. yeah. That was just something that occurred to me. I'm like, is this really possible or is this like way far fetched? I, yeah. It's, it's movie possible. How's yeah. that? There well, you go. This movie is possible, possible, but when they did the, very, the bet at the very end, where they want him to drive to Boston to go get yeah. clam chowder and come back. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell was up with that? Yeah. They had 18 hours to do that. It's That's impossible to do the drive from Georgia to – Georgia to Boston. To and back Yeah, in there, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Crazy. So. Was, this is just such a good movie. I just – yeah. I can see now why it's the hubby's favorite because it's, it's really cute. And, oh, yeah. you know, the car was badass. And, you know, I, you know, back then, I, I, it's sad to see the shape that Burt Reynolds is in now. Um, you know, he's yeah. not, he's not doing too well, but I mean, looks wise, you know, he's aged very well. And I know he's had some plastic surgery, but, um, you know, he's a good looking man. He was a good looking man back then. I was, I was checking them both out. I was like, damn, yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he's, I, I'll give him this. He's definitely, you know, he's held up well. I mean, the he guy really is, has. he's in his nineties. So, is he you that know, old? yes. Nineties. Yeah. No way. I thought he was maybe in the seventies. No, no. So, I mean, for he, being, he was, he was in his eighties in Duke of the Hazard. Yeah. Oh, crap. Oh, I didn't he's, realize he was that old. It, I'm curious how old this, he is now. He was in his 70s when he did uh, Demi Moore's, was it, strip tease when he showed up in that one. Oh, God. And oh, I still wow. won't forget Duke's a Hazard movie when he's standing there and he's coated in Vaseline and he says he likes it because it makes his toes all feel squishy. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that old. So he yep. has held out, held out very well. And what was, how long ago did they, they, they show that show with him when he was talking about the car? That was the season. So that, fast and loud those last season. He looked damn yeah. good for being his age then. Yeah. I was thinking set mid to late like late seventies. Holy he crap. Could, he could barely walk right now, but yeah. I know. Yeah. I I've heard, I've been reading some magazine articles where he's not doing too well, but it and that saddens me. But you know, just as far as you know, aging, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> amazing. And then he you know, the fact that he's still, you know, re- in recent stuff, you know, he's it's very cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up because I'm sure the wife is going to be coming home soon. So <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up here. I do want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Talking About My Generation. 
uh, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Uh, you can also send us a tweet. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T, Sprizout. I am at Mommy of 3C Girl. Okay. You can also send us an email at mygenerationpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. And we are also available on Stitcher if you guys want to pick us up there on the podcast app. Uh, so for this episode, we'll go ahead and sign off. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to sign off with Jerry Reed's Eastbound and Down that's heard numerous times throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh- They say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like a bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out cause we gotta run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta and there's beer in Texarkana. And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. Do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like a bandit Watch your bandit